0: Chapter 58 of History of the Norwegian People, Volume 1 by Knut Gershet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Ragnvald Jarl's Crusade In 1150, the young lendermann Eindrida Unga returned from Constantinople, where he had served in the Varangian Guard of the Emperor, and he could tell much about the exploits of the Varangians, and also about the Second Crusade, led by King Louis VII of France and Emperor Conrad III of Germany. 1147 to 1148. Eindrida met Ragnvald Jarl of the Orkneys, who was then in Norway, and encouraged him to lead a crusade to the Holy Land. Erling Ormsen, Skaka and others also spoke in favor of the undertaking and agreed to join in it. Ragnvald agreed to go, and when it became known that he and Erling were organizing a crusade, many prominent men joined them. Ragnvald should be the leader and Eindrida Unge, who had already been in the Orient, should act as guide for the expedition. Two years were to be devoted to preparations, and Ragenwald returned to the Orkneys in the fall. In 1152, he came again to Norway, and the ships were made ready for the voyage. They set sail from Bergen, but when they reached the Orkneys, they decided to remain there that winter, as it was already late in the season. The arrogant Eindrida Unge, who, contrary to agreement, had fitted out more splendid ships than the others, was shipwrecked on the coast of Shetland, and had to get a new ship from Norway. In the summer of 1153, all preparations were completed, and Ragnvald and his followers set sail from the Orkneys with fifteen large ships. As each ship must have had a crew of 120 men or more, they were in all probably about 2,000 men. They then sailed till they were south of England, and thence to Valland, west coast of France. There is no account of their voyage until they came to a seaport called Verbon. There they learned that the earl who had governed the city, and whose name was Gerbjorn, had lately died. But he had a young and beautiful daughter by name of Ermingerd, and she had charge of her patrimony under the guardianship of her noblest kinsman. They advised the queen, i.e. the earl's daughter, to invite Jarl Ragnvald to a splendid banquet, Saying that her fame would spread far if she gave a fitting reception to noblemen arrived from such distance. The queen left it to them, and when this had been resolved upon, men were sent to the Jarl to tell him that the queen invited him to a banquet, with as many men as he himself wished to accompany him. The Jarl received her invitation gratefully, and selected the best of his men to go with him. And when they came to the banquet, there was good cheer, and nothing was spared by which the Jarl might consider himself specially honored. One day, while the Jarl sat at the feast, the queen entered the hall, attended by many ladies. She had on her hand a golden cup, and was arrayed in the finest robes. She wore her hair loose, according to the custom of maidens, and she had a golden diadem round her forehead. She poured out for the Jarl, and the maidens played for them. The Jarl took her hand along with the cup, and placed her beside him, and they conversed during the day. The Jarl sang, Lady fair, thy form surpasses all the loveliness of maidens. Though arrayed in costly garments and adorned with costly jewels, silken curls in radiant splendor fall upon the beauteous shoulders of the goddess of the gold rings. The greedy eagle's claws I reddened. The earl stayed there a long time and was well entertained. The inhabitants of the city solicited him to take up his residence there, saying that they were in favor of giving him the queen in marriage. The Jarl said that he wished to complete his intended journey, but that he would come there on his return, and then they might do what they thought fit. Then the Jarl left with his retinue, and sailed round Thrassness. They had a fair wind, and sat and drank and made themselves merry. The Jarl sang this song. Long in the prince's memory, Hermingard's soft words shall linger. It is her desire that we shall ride the waters out to Jordan, but the riders of the sea-horses from the southern climes churning soon shall plough their way to Verbon or the whale-pond, in the autumn. They went on till they came west to Galicia-land, five nights before Yuletide, and they intended to spend Christmas there. They asked the inhabitants whether they were willing to sell them provisions, but food was scarce in that country, and they thought it a great hardship to have to feed such a numerous host. It so happened that the country was under the rule of a foreigner, who resided in the castle and oppressed the inhabitants greatly. He made war on them if they did not do everything he wished, and menaced them with violence and oppression. When the Jarl asked the inhabitants to sell him victuals, they consented to do so until Lent, but made certain proposals on their part, to wit that Jarl Wagen should attack their enemies and should have all the money which he might obtain from them. The Jarl communicated this to his men, and asked them what they would be inclined to do. Most of them were willing to attack the castle, thinking that it was a very likely place to obtain booty. Therefore, Jarl Reidenwald and his men agreed to the terms of the inhabitants. The castle was taken, but the chief, Godfrey or Godfred, escaped. They plundered far and wide in heathen Spain-land, that is, in the part of Spain occupied by the Saracens, and they sailed then through the Strait of Gibraltar into the Mediterranean Sea. Here, the wrong-headed Eindrida Unga left the expedition with six ships and went to Marseille in France. With the remaining nine ships, Ragnvald continued the voyage. Over against Sardinia, they met two very large Saracen ships of the type called Dromones. One of these ships escaped, but the other one was attacked by the Norsemen and captured after a hard fight. After this battle, Ragnvald landed on the coast of Africa, where he concluded a seven-day peace with the inhabitants and sold the booty which he had gathered. He then sailed to Crete, where he was detained for some time by bad weather. As soon as they got favorable winds, they continued their voyage to Palestine, and landed at Acre in 1154. But soon after their arrival, they were smitten with a contagious fever, and many died. They were now so far reduced in numbers that they do not even seem to have attempted military operations. After visiting the holy places, they left Palestine for Constantinople, where they were well received by Emperor Emmanuel I. On their homeward journey, they visited Apulia and Rome, whence they returned by the customary overland route through Germany and Denmark. The visit to Verband and the fair Ermengerd seems to have been abandoned. End of chapter 58